This is my second Facebook Live today talking about digital detox secrets. And I am super excited to have Timmy Howard as my guest. Hey, Timmy. Hey, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. So Timmy and I um, know each other through yoga. She was um, my lead instructor for my yoga teacher training at Groove Yoga. And she's globally known in the yoga industry and and a very much admired entrepreneur. How many studios do you own? I have two studios and um, I, I don't own, I feel like I don't own them. They really are run by the community, but I have one in Lake Mary, Florida and one in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida. And we've been going almost 12 years strong now. It's my own business for myself, marketing myself. And it really started about four or five years ago. Um, actually, it started a while back. My very first conference um, was a uh, real conference, was Yoga Journal Conference in Miami, Florida. And so that's kind of where I got my feet wet about, um, gosh, about eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. And um, really loved it. I loved it. And then I was invited to the Bali Spirit Festival. And Bali, uh, Ubud Bali is sort of like the Los Angeles of Indonesia and Asia yoga. And it was at that festival about six years ago um, that sort of opened up my career, if, if you want to call it that, to an international market. And so I started getting invited to China and Singapore and Malaysia and Australia. And it's just been the snowball effect that um, has happened organically. Um, I mean, I've been teaching for over 25 years, so I've, I've done the work. Um, but this is sort of, it's like the universe kind of said, this is what you're supposed to do now to take your own personal practice um, to the next level and really challenge you. And um, it's been amazing. I, I, um, I wake up every morning excited to, to hit the ground running and you have to force me to go to bed. And so when, when you feel that way, you know, you're in the, in the divine flow of things. Yeah. And so all of this is through yoga, through yoga has brought, brought this to you. Absolutely. And yoga compared to where, where it was 10 years ago, let's say it's become very commercialized. Mm -hmm. um, but it also, I mean, it's the opposite of also of digital. I mean, yoga has been around for, you know, how many years? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And now we're trying to um, live in this digital world, work-life balance, and so many people are attracted to what's going to help them. So just can you right. kind of talk us through, like, where does yoga fit into today's world? And, yeah. and what are some of the benefits for those that are watching this video? Or if you're live, feel free to leave a comment or question. But, you know, we're in the yoga world. Mm -hmm. But for someone that isn't, what is it? What is it? I'll touch on a couple of points that you mentioned. Um, I opened up my first studio about 12, year, 12 years ago. From a business perspective um, and yoga perspective, um, when I first opened, I was marketing via um, snail mail and postcards and magazines. And they are extinct now. Like my number one marketing tool is, is social media, is Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I don't advertise in magazines. And I'll, I'll go back to the very first conference, Yoga Journal Conference. They came on the scene 
as a magazine, well, they're no longer doing conferences and they're having to shift gears because everything is going digital. And, um, you know, at first I sort of resisted this whole like social media digital thing because it was like not personable and, and separate, but Having started the whole international teaching, especially with my teacher trainings, I use WeChat, for example. WeChat is China's um, sort of fusion of Facebook and WhatsApp. They use it for everything from paying for things. People don't carry their wallet in China. They use their WeChat, which is like their Facebook, for everything, paying for dinner, for phone call, for calling people. And it is the way I keep in contact and connected to all of my students internationally from from China to to Singapore to, to the U.S. And it's such a blessing and such a gift. And it really is um, a wonderful tool. But it's the monster now. I don't it is my top advertising tool and I use it for that. Um, you know, I schedule every single morning, um, a set time that I do my personal Timmy Howard yoga, um, marketing posts. I do my groove yoga marketing posts, and I might just might decide to go on and do a second touch middle of the day, but I really try to get it all done within a set time frame and schedule so that I don't feel owned by it. And what I'm learning now that's really important is that constant interaction, that when people respond or ask a question via social media, that it's really important to engage with them, to use it as a tool for staying connected, and that it really only has the power that we give it. So um, I give it, I, I love it, I use it, but then when it comes time, to turn the phone over, turn the phone off, put it away. Um, I schedule that in too. My husband and I have made um, a promise to one another that when we both enter the house at like that, that time, we don't talk on the phone. We don't use the computers, everything, all the digital stuff is shut down. And I have to tell you, it was really difficult because being single, yeah. <laughs> being single for over 45 years, I fall asleep with my laptop in the bed on my stomach. <laughs> so when I met my husband and we got married, it'll be two years, July 16th. Um, when we got married and we promised this to one another, it was really challenging for me. But um, but it's made me um, not even better and more focused at what I do. Um, but it's made me happier. Like just shut it off because the, the 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 social media the the computers can really give you that monkey mind. It yeah. really it really um, feeds that energy that frenetic well, energy. Your expertise and your business and your industry is now where people are coming to escape from the digital because they they can't do it voluntarily like you can because right. they're 
their work, like your work is in a studio and you don't really need, except for we need the music. Right. right? Everybody <laughs> needs the music. Um, but you don't necessarily have to be in front of a computer to do your job and then get in all these notifications where a huge percent of us do. So yeah. you're serving the people that are really, you know, struggling with this. And what do you see? What are some stories and what can, what does yoga do to, to help turn that off even right. beyond the, the class? Right. Um, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I teach a lot in China and, um, if you really want to see addiction to cell phones and social media, take a trip to China. It really? is ridiculous. Oh yeah. And, um, so I really have to get onto them about, um, turning the phones over, turning the phones off because they'll literally be in yoga poses and pick up the phone. And, um, so I, I've really become super sensitive and mindful of not forcing, but forcing people to, to put the phones. And if they don't, I take them away. And so I encourage that. I've always, we've always encouraged that at the studio, you know, leave your cell phone outside of the studio, unless you're like a doctor or a parent with a young child, um, and you need to have it, but it's always on vibrate and to turn it over, you know, um, because that flashing light that, that gets your attention, it, it's, um, you know, we can all turn it off for an hour, you know, or hour and 30 minutes we can. Um, and so I really encourage that leaving it outside of the studio. Um, you know, the, we've also been begin begun to use the, um, the digital for learning tools. You know, there's a lot of a huge online yoga market now. And I have to tell you when I travel and I can't get into, um, a studio or a classroom to practice, I log onto my laptop and I go online and use it. So I, once again, I really believe that if we declare digital media, social media, and all this digital stuff bad, it's bad. It is, you know? But if we say, you know what? This is an amazing gift that we're going to use to benefit our lives. I'm going to log in and take, you know, a meditation course or a mindful right. course or a yoga course, and I'm going to keep up with my practice, and, and I'm going to use it. Um, and we, we give it the power um, to, to create whatever, uh, uh, we want in our lives. And so to kind of shift the way we think about it is really, I think the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's, so I got my yoga teacher training really to do research for digital detox secrets. And I wanted yeah. firsthand knowledge and I learned so much in the yoga teacher training, but take us into a class with you or a yoga class and what happens to the mind, body, spirit connection that really will give us that mental break that we need yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So just, you said it, Lisa, um, it's that mind body connection. And basically in an asana class, like a physical yoga class, we're using our bodies to create new ways of moving new habits physically and by creating new habits of moving and connecting the mind with the body and new ways of moving, we're literally creating new neurological pathways. 
so that when we roll up our mats and we step out into the world, into what I call the advanced practice, um, we're thinking differently. Not only are we moving differently, we're thinking differently, and then we're living differently. The choices that we make are different, and it goes everything from what we start to eat to how we respond to people, to situations, um, to relationships, to goals, um, how we feel and think about ourselves. So we really are creating, you know, the name of my studio is Groove, and it's a play on Guru, G-U-R-U-V. And when I chose that name, first of all, we play kick-ass music, if I can say that, kick-ass yes, music. I agree. Second of all, it's a play on guru, which means not only teacher, but it also means out of darkness into light. And it also means groove. And we're creating new grooves, new pathways, new ways of thinking, new ways of moving, new ways of living. And so it's a, it's a play on all of those things. And so that's really what we're doing. The greatest tool we've been given to change our state of being is this body. And if you're healthy enough and, and able to move your body, then use it. Now, not everybody can. And we all go through, I mean, if you practice long enough, like Dharma Mitra says, all the asanas will fall away and all you will be left with is the meditation seat. So ultimately, all of this exercise, these asanas, are ultimately for meditation. Patanjali says in the Yoga Sutras, um, he gives us the definition of yoga. And it says, yoga, nirodaha. yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind stuff. That's it. And so we do these exercises so that we can find our comfortable seat and quiet the mind, still the mind. And... Um, you know, that's ultimately what the yoga is for. And so, like I said earlier, social media, digital um, media, the computers, the laptops, the phones can have a way of sort of feeding that monkey mind and that, that frenetic energy. I mean, even the waves that it emits and gives off, you know, affect us because all we are is energy. Um so it's really important to sort of, I always say, um, when you step onto your mat or your, or your meditation cushion, you got to clean out your cookies. Because <laughs> if, if you don't clean out your cookies, your computer starts to move really slow. And not only does your computer start to move really slow, you just sit there and stare at the spinning wheel, right? And then sometimes it just shuts down, stops working. Yeah, so that's if a good you, analogy. If you don't, if you don't find, you know, get on your mat or your meditation cushion every day and clean out those cookies, you're going to start to move slow and maybe shut down. <laughs> so it's so true. So you know, some of the headlines now are basically saying in the business world that yoga is the um, entrepreneur's best kept secret, and that that's really the secret to success versus five or 10 years ago, you know, it was, you know, working as much as possible and work, you know, pulling all nighters and having your employees stay as late as possible. And now this opposite shift is happening. Do you see that with your students? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, they know in order to be a better mom, a better, a better partner, a better teacher, uh, a better banker, accountant, um, artist, a better dancer, singer, athlete, um, yoga, the mindful practices. Um, and you know, it's whatever you, you, um, vibe with, you know, whatever resonates with you, maybe it's yoga and and there's all different kinds of yoga. Um, or maybe it's Tai Chi or some sort of martial arts. Maybe it's running or cycling, right? Um, something that, that connects you to that spirit, um, whatever it is to do it every single day. But we know yoga is different than all the other exercises. Yoga is a science. You know, when, when people ask me, is it a religion? Is it this or is it that? Yoga is a science. It really is. And what the, the big entrepreneurs um, know is that. It is a science of the mind and the body and the spirit. And it um, taps us in to um, our highest potential, let's say. Let's call it highest potential. In yoga, we call it your dharma, your life purpose. And, and you know, you, you may not even have that moment where you're like, oh, I know what I want to be. I know what I'm supposed to do. But what yoga does is, is it opens us up to this sort of psychic wisdom, the wis- cellular wisdom. Intuitiveness. Intuit- intuition. Yes, intuitiveness. And, and we just begin to sort of intuitively follow, you know, be guided. And um, it, it's, and yoga connects us to that energy. It's a science of cleaning out and releasing what we call samskaras or blockages, energy blockages or psychic knots that kind of block that intuition, block that knowledge, block that energy, chi, prana, whatever name you give it, grace. And yoga systematically clears all those blockages out so that you're receptive, like you are highly receptive to guidance. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of grounding and quieting the mind, um, I wanted to talk about the malas. Yeah. We spent a whole weekend and I was really surprised when I saw it on the agenda. We're going to take, you know, a whole weekend to talk about the mala beads. But it really like when I'm nervous, you know, you know, they, they really serve a purpose, not just, you know, not just, as, you know, a fashion statement and right. not just something that I'm, you know, using when I'm doing meditating, but I, it's something that really helps me all day long. So can you, you taught that workshop. So tell us about the mala beads. And for for those that don't know, it's, it's more than just jewelry. Yeah. Um, you know, um, malas, I have a couple of malas right here, actually. Um, actually my mala that Bali malas made for me for my wedding, I have on and they, thank you. They, they used different gemstones that have different energies, um, and different uh, qualities in them for my, for my wedding. But malas really are exactly what you said, Lisa, a tool that we can use, you know, um, they're not necessarily prayer beads, um, because that, that kind of, um, you know, uh, weirds people out or they get uncomfortable with it. Um, they are a tool for you and they're yours. And first of all, 
Um, I like to have everyone set what's called a sankalpa. And all sankalpa means is a heartfelt intention. And if intention doesn't resonate with you, you, you can say goal. So there, first of all, they're a reminder of whatever your goal or your intention is that you set. And it can be a long-term intention or short-term intention. And you kind of, you kind of seal that intention in there. And a lot of people wear their malas around their wrists or around their neck. And, um, you use it for what's called japa and all that's just a fancy Sanskrit word for, um, repetition, um, of mantra. And mantra is like a word or group of words that you use. And those words can be super simple. Like, um, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am love. I am patient. Um, it could be a, you know, a Sanskrit, uh, mantra, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. And that's a chant, um, about removing obstacles and blockages, um, in your life and also grounding. So there's many different mantras. They don't have to be Sanskrit. They can be your own. And you use each bead for each mantra. You count the beads and um, you draw, you kind of bring the mala in towards you because you're drawing that energy in towards your heart and towards your body, your being. And there's 108 beads. And um, if you want to know the significance of 108, Google is the most awesome research tool ever. Um, there are many, 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 many occurrences of 108. It's a very powerful number, but there are 108 um, beads or seeds. The traditional practice mala is made with rudrakshas, and that's what I have here. And um, there are Shiva energy, which is masculine energy. They're traditional, and there's little knots in between each of them, and they're kind of rough. So they're easy to um, manipulate. And when you're doing your japa, um, you want to keep the index finger away from you, they say, and use your thumb because the ego, the index finger represents ego. So you keep the ego out of the equation, right? So one of my teachers, Dharma Mitra, says that when you do japa or meditation with the malas, it's like um, putting karma coins in the bank. <laughs> so whatever I love your, that. yeah, whatever your intention is or whatever your goal is, let's say when you wake up and you use your mala for japa, you're like putting those karma coins in the bank to make that intention or that goal come into fruition and being, um, when your mala breaks, they say that karma is done. Like you don't need that mala anymore. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have a specific intention of something that I want to work on. I remember um, a period in my life when I was working on accepting love and giving love, being more open to receiving love. And so I went and bought um, a rose quartz mala and, um, and wore that like on my wrist, on my neck. And when I would practice, it was pretty heavy because it was all rose quartz um, stones. I would take it off, and this is a nice thing to do, Put it at the top of your mat so that when you practice your drishti, your gaze, every time you see that mala, you're reminded of that sankalpa or that mantra or that intention. Um, that's a beautiful way to do it. 
Um, also too, you know, a lot of times I have students that when they get nervous or anxious or they're in a stressful situation, they'll take their malas. Um, I've seen many people on planes when I'm flying, take their malas and sit there and do japa on the plane um, just to kind of calm their nerves and get them in that meditative state, you know? Yeah. Um, but the malas are just um, a beautiful tool. You can also go online and sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for, but the mala will find you and choose you and you just keep going back to it. And then when you get it and you research it, you're like, that's exactly what I need. I need tiger eye or, you know, I need hematite. Um, I need that in my life. So, um, I love the malas. Um, they're an amazing tool. They're also great for people who struggle with meditation because very often people say, I don't know how to meditate. Or when I sit down and I just, you know, close my eyes and say, don't think about anything. I, I can't do it. My mind just goes even crazier. And so what, um, the Japa does is it gives our mind something to focus on. Right. So you can say the, the mantra out loud as you do it or, Think the mantra with each bead as you pass through. And it's super simple. And it's something that you can personalize and make your own that you can do every day. And it's really cool because once you start doing it, you'll, you'll do it longer and longer and longer. In the beginning, you'll be like, oh my gosh, um, that seemed like forever. And then the more you get into it, it's like exercise, right? Exercise of the mind. That right. muscle gets really stronger. Um, and morning times are always the best because it really brings you into alignment, right? And do it. Do it before you open up your computer. Do it before you grab the cell phone beside the bed. Um, I, I, you know, even if you have to, like, grab your mala from the 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 bedside counter and, and do it, do it. Um, first thing in the morning, it really will, um, change your life. Um, and, and it's such a simple, simple tool that yeah. with so much stress and anxiety for, you know, all ages, it's just, it's, you know, non-digital and it's right there for you and you're wearing it. And right? I'll tell you, you t I'll tell you something else, you know, for kids, these little bracelets that have the, the, miniature one for kids, give them one of these and teach them, you know, little things. They'll love it um, and have fun with it. And you can use it too. And um, they're just basically miniature malas. You know what I mean? Really, really great tool um, for adults and kids. We're all kids now, really, right? So you, you mentioned mantras a bunch of times. And yeah. And just I was looking on one of your Instagram posts and just some of these, you know, more of a saying that you put on there, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. And today saying no for anything. I mean, you, you know, you're afraid that the opportunity is not going to come up. So can yeah. you speak to that a little bit um, from, you know, coming from you and what you see with your students? And yeah, absolutely. So one of the, the mo most challenging practices that I've been, um, uh, doing now is saying um, either no or I can't do that right now, but let's look at it at a later date. 
Um, and I feel super blessed that um, I'm at a point in my life and career where I'm, I'm actually turning more work down than I'm accepting now. And, um, and again, I go back to my marriage, back to my relationship with my husband. Um, I think that God brought him into my life to kick it up a notch and to help remind me that um, it is about balance, that um, all the different aspects of our lives help feed us and feed our passion. So, um, you know, no is not a dirty word. <laughs> in fact, it's very empowering. And it's the way in which we say it, right? Um, and, and the energy that that we use it. And, and again, it's, it's, um, coming from a place of, I, I would really love to do this. Let's look at a later date. Um, and what it's helped me do, um, is be more present and, and better, um, at, at the jobs that I'm doing because I'm not overwhelmed and depleted. And that, and that's what happens. Um, when, when we constantly say yes, everything suffers and everything gets depleted. And, you know, um, I, at one point, I, I'll share this with everyone. At one point, I had three studios and the third studio um, was draining, draining my energy, draining the teacher's energies, draining our financial energies. And um, during that process, in that moment of desperation, of what do I do? I felt myself like what I call, or my mom calls spinning my wheels and, and feeling the pressure to stay busy, to be on social media, to be on the computer as if it would like make everything better. And all it did was, was kind of create this block. Like nothing was getting done because I was constantly busy and, and, and functioning from a place of fear. Um, and to really allow ourselves to shut down and to take a step back, um, you know, and if that means going on a week long retreat or a, a two week retreat um, and just kind of forcing yourself to do um, a digital detox from everything, from, from family, from work, from computers, from phone. Um, it, it's always a good thing. It's challenging for everyone, but it allows us to have a clear perspective of how things really are and to, to not just be spinning our wheels. And so, um, when I finally closed that third studio, um, I was able to see, um, how much, uh, control the whole computer and digital thing had over me and, um, and, and just I kind think of take a breather. Doing something like that, that's, that's a big decision for, or just deciding to say no to even dinner plans without having to feel guilty or apologizing or feeling like you're a failure to your friends or to your family because you're not doing every single little thing that everybody's asking you to do that, that, that is okay. That's right. That's right. Um, and you said it too. You know, when we say no and we're honest with with people, they know we're being honest. It also empowers them 
where they can say, you know what, if she can say no, um, then I can too. We really have to practice what we preach. I mean, as yoga teachers, we tell people constantly, you know, just, you know, take time for yourself and, and be sure to feed yourself and, 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 and set your priorities and it's okay to say no. And then as teachers, we're constantly saying yes, 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 yes. Um, and getting depleted ourselves. And so, um, I, I've really been empowered by picking and choosing the things I, my husband says, if it's not a hell, yeah, it's a no. That's so good. Want to hear something funny? So I wanted you so bad to be my first interview. And when I asked you back, I think it was June or May, you were traveling Mm -hmm. and you were like, no, I can't do it. I can do it in July. And I'm like, July, that's like forever. Oh no. And then, but it worked out fine. And then we were supposed to do it yesterday and then we, it didn't work out. But today is actually the most perfect day it could have been. I wasn't like, I really wasn't like now looking back, I wasn't as prepared as I am now. Even yesterday, it, it actually worked out better for yeah. me to do it today, even though like I was like, okay, I really wanted to do it today. But so it's, it's not just for, it's, it's, it happens, you know, it's a two-way street when somebody says no. It, that no ends up being a next op- the next opportunity. Yeah. You know what, Lisa, too? Um, um, I have said yes to several different um, online events while I was um, in China which is where I was when we spoke, or I was yeah. going to be in China. And the the quality of the reception, because you have to use a VPN, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the time difference, the 12-hour time difference and everything um, was so challenging that we ended up canceling and it, and it wouldn't happen or it didn't happen. And I remember when I was responding to you, I thought, I really want to do this. So I'm going to set this up for success. So yeah. I'm just going to tell Lisa... Let's do it when I get home. It was um, perfect. Yeah. So great. But at the time I was like, oh, I really wanted her to be my first. Oh, but yeah. I'm so happy. It just, it, it really, I feel like everything, the universe just worked with us on it. Cool. Good. Very good. So just a couple, you know, we're going to close out here. Um, if you can share some actionable tips that people can do right now. I mean, we talked about malas and mantras and yoga, but let's say they don't have access to some of these things. Like just what are, what are you, what does a day in the life of, of Timmy look like? What, what do you have for breakfast? What do you believe in that or don't believe in as far as any type of digital detox? Yeah. Um, something that I've implemented, um, I've been doing for a long time is before I even get out of bed, and before I even pick up the cell phone and start the day is I set an intention and do like a mini, for me, it's a prayer. Um, maybe it's goal setting, intention setting, um, or meditation, and it could be three, five minutes, but just set my intention, um, for the day and my prayer for the day before I even get out of bed. And it really does, um, give every single moment or action more meaning and more purpose. Um, and I, I scheduled in at least, this is going to sound crazy, two hours um, in the morning before I even know I'm going to see another person to um, kind of do my ritual, my thing, my grounding, to um, meditate, to maybe even do a little bit of movement 
um, on the yoga mat, whatever that looks, looks like I let it be what it wants to be, what my body's asking for every single morning. Um, and then, and that lasts like an hour. Um, and then I get the second hour, um, I grab my cup of coffee and I get all my, like I said earlier, my personal, um, social media blasts out, um, my studios, uh, blasts out. I answer all my emails because I'm dealing a lot with people who live in Asia, China, Indonesia, and Aussie. So they bombard me with emails at night, starting at five or six o'clock at night. So that's another, another practice that I've really had to do. My phone starts going crazy when we're going to sleep and I have to turn it over and, and not, and, and not even look at it or else I'll just be going 24 seven. So that, um, so that, um, after that I can deal with people. And then I usually go teach first thing in the morning. Um, I teach in the morning and then I do privates in the afternoon when I'm home. And then in the app, and then after my privates, I go and I take time every day. Um, and my manager at the studio, Dale Turner knows this, that no matter, (laughs) no matter how much I have to do during the day, that my lunch is my lunch. I eat in silence. I don't talk. I don't go with people. Like when I eat, I practice what's called Mauna, which is silence. Like I don't, I schedule at least minimum an hour in the afternoon. If I can get two hours of alone time, I do it so that I can get those final busy things, emails out. Um, anything that, that he and I need to take care of done. And then that way, when I enter the house at five o'clock, no more done, shut down. And Lisa, that was, that was really, um, another practice because I was teaching seven days a week all day long. I would, I would arrive back from teaching out of the country, hit the ground running, teach two to three yoga classes a day and two to three privates a day, seven days a week. And I was never seeing my husband. And so, um, I started giving up my evening classes and I only teach in the mornings now and my privates are the first part of the day. So that was a whole shift. And as a business owner, when you give up classes that let's say are 25 and 30 people and you hand them over to another teacher and you watch 25 or 30 drop to five as a business owner, you go, what have I done? And you just have, I had to trust yeah. I did trust that that teacher, I trained them, was good, and that it would build back up. And to honor my relationship with my husband and have faith that the universe would provide. So that was a whole nother, another practice. And it has, you know. Um, and then we eat. Uh, my husband's uh, vegan, and I'm, I would, I'm what's called a chegan, so I cheat whenever I want to. <laughs> Yeah, I cheat whenever I want to. And um, in traveling, you have to kind of be a Tegan and just yeah, say thank, thank you for whatever you're given, right? Right. Um, and I love to cook. So um, I cook every single dinner that we eat. Normally when I'm home, I seize that opportunity of being in a kitchen and not in a hotel. And I make us dinner. And we are usually in bed by like 9 or 9.30 because <laughs> I get up usually at like 4.30. Mm -hmm. yeah five is kind of late but um 
Yeah, that's the day, pretty much. So, Timmy, if somebody wanted to, where are you going to be next? If they wanted to, let's say, go to one of your festivals or a retreat, where oh. could we where could we meet up with you? Girl, I got so much going on. For more than a class. Well, I'll put them in yeah. the comments too, but tell cool. us. Cool. All right. So a couple of things I want to shout out. Um, Groove Yoga, Monday through Thursday, Dr. Phillips in Lake Mary. Um, this weekend, I'm at Thrive Power Yoga in Palm Beach Gardens. And then I'm going to be at the Telluride Yoga Festival in Colorado the following weekend. Then the next weekend, I'm in Asheville Yoga Festival. And then I'm going to be at the Yoga Joint in Miami. And Yeah. And so two South Floridas, Colorado, uh, Asheville, North Carolina Festival. Um, I'm also doing a really great festival down in Amelia Island in November for all my Florida yogis. Um, And MC Yogi is going to be there. And it's very intimate and at the Ritz-Carlton. So I'm hoping that all my Florida yogis from all over um, will do like a little staycay in November. That sounds great. What is the date for that one? um, It's November, I think, 11th and 12th, I want to say. I'm going to put it on the calendar. Yeah. And get a bunch I, of people to know. I just did a post before our interview on on um, Instagram. Oh, so, good. Okay. A shout out and with the code on there to save seventy five bucks. So, um, yeah. And I'm doing oh, I'm doing an awesome teacher training, um, actually in Bali at the Yoga Barn for the whole month of October. And um, you can d- come do the whole month training or just come for two weeks or a week, and then going to um, Vietnam for a yoga retreat with Amanda Co. So, so much going on. Um, And, you know, about the malas, Lisa, if people want to learn more about malas and using them, I have a free um, malas mantra and meditation uh, manual on my website. You can download it. It's free. um, And it's it's got tons of information. Yeah, I'll put the link in. I'll put the link in the comments, too, and make that also part of the digital detox secrets. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. To me. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Namaste. Namaste. Yes. And thank you everybody for joining. If you put comments in after a lot of you will be watching the recording, um, we'll come back and answer them. I'll let Timmy know and Timmy stay for the after party. Okay. Absolutely.